It is Thursday, January the 7th, 2021. Uh, I've gotten some emails. So if you're feeling like you missed the show yesterday or you can't find it on your favorite podcasting platform or on our site or our Facebook site, uh, it is because I did not record a show yesterday. And like many of you, I was following what was unfolding in our nation's capital. And I felt like I just could not get on and do a show without screaming and yelling and just losing it, uh, as I've seen many other people do on their shows yesterday. Uh, I just did not want that to be me. And so there is no show for Wednesday, January 6, 2021. So uh, if you are looking for it, uh, you can save yourself the time. It, it does not exist. <sighs> Today, we are going to talk about the same thing that everybody on this planet that has access to any sort of media outlet is, is discussing. And that is what unfolded yesterday at the Capitol building in Washington, DC. And the entire point of this show, the entire point of right to speak, the reason I am here is to try to make sense of what is happening in our world, in our current affairs, in our current political situation, which is taking up all of our, our current affairs, uh, and apply that common sense, uh, apply reason, uh, so that you as the viewer, as the listener, has some sort of context, some sort of foundation to try and see things differently, to, to put the pieces together on your own. Unfortunately, there are just too many things that defy logic, that defy common sense, uh, that defy reason. And I heard it all yesterday, and I'm still hearing it today. I'm hearing people defend what happened yesterday. I'm hearing people blame it on Antifa. I'm hearing people blame it on BLM. I'm hearing people blame it on socialism, I'm on Joe Biden. You know what? It is time to stop placing blame and start condemning what is going on. Yesterday was not the first time this type of activity has occurred in the past year. It was wrong. Every single one of those people that were there was wrong. And every single protester that has been protesting in the United States unpeacefully, that has been burning down buildings, burning down cars, burning down businesses, attacking citizens, killing police officers, tearing down our monuments, trying to destroy our history. Every single one of those people, including everybody yesterday, is guilty. They are traitors to America and they need to be dealt with. And you know what? The crime for treason is death. Now, that may seem harsh and you might say, oh, well, Kevin thinks that everybody that was out uh, rioting needs to be hung by the neck until dead. I might not go that far, but 
if that is what these people were going to be charged with, treason, then maybe people would think twice before doing something like this. Mayor Muriel Bowser, the mayor of DC, had a press conference earlier today. And, and I, I'm not even going to get into how much I dislike Mayor Bowser. Uh, and we'll talk about DC another time too, because that is a wreck of a city. Uh, 140% the crime of the national average. It is, it is a war zone and a disgrace to America. And this woman presides over that city. This same woman who held this press conference, I'm going to tell you what she said in a minute. Same woman who held this press conference was out protesting with Black Lives Matter, with Antifa members around her. She painted in large yellow letters on 16th Avenue leading up to the White House, Black Lives Matter. And I'm not, I'm not going to say my opinion on Black Lives Matter, you guys already know it, okay? I believe all lives matter. I believe all lives matter equally. And I think if you're going to take a moniker of any type that has any type of racial connotation to it, then it's racist. If you're gonna say white lives matter, if you're gonna say uh, yellow lives matter, if you're gonna say brown lives matter, that is racist, all lives matter. And if you're going to say black lives matter, then you need to address every single black life that is in jeopardy whether it's from dying, being murdered by a police officer or another black person or anybody else, or whether it is a black life that is in jeopardy of falling between the cracks because they don't have an education, they don't have opportunities. That is what Black Lives Matter should be addressing. I'm getting off topic. Painted Black Lives Matter in yellow and renamed part of Presidential Park in Washington, D.C. as Black Lives Matter Plaza, okay? This was her way of showing solidarity with Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry, but this is not what a politician needs to do because when you do this, you create a divide. I'm not gonna say whether she should or should not have supported Black Lives Matter. She can support Black Lives Matter if she wants. I don't agree with Black Lives Matter, but you know what? That's her opinion, that's her right to do, but for her to decide on her own without a council meeting or anything else, a vote from the people of, of Washington, D.C. to rename part of Presidential Park Black Lives Plaza, Black Lives Matter Plaza, that's wrong. This same woman who was out in the streets rioting who is out in the streets, not practicing social distancing, and she shut down her city because of this, not practicing social distancing to celebrate Biden's election. Put up a graphic today in her press conference that went over the federal description of what a terrorist is. And I don't have that graphic with me right now, but I, I encourage you to go and look it up online. The very definition of what a terrorist is, according to the graphic that she shared, which is from the federal government, is exactly what the Black Lives Matter, the Antifa, the Marxist, the Socialist, and yes, 
even the people yesterday who stormed the Capitol, they fit into that category of a terrorist. And I, I know you've been watching the news for the last year. Everything that's happened for the last seven years, or sorry, last seven months up to yesterday, what happened in Ferguson, what happened before, what happens whenever you have this type of protest, I don't care whether it's right or whether it's left, I don't care if it's whatever, these are terrorists. These are terrorists and they need to be dealt with as terrorists. They need to be dealt with as traitors. That will make people think, that will say, hey, don't take up a cause just so that you can go out and destroy a neighborhood, just so you can burn down the local businesses, just so that you can loot and get a big screen TV for your apartment. Think about it because that big screen TV isn't gonna do you any good when you're in jail. That big screen TV isn't gonna do you any good if you're facing charges of treason. I've got so much more to say, but I'm coming up on a break. I've, I've already talked too long. I'll be back in just a minute. All right, we're back from our break and I am not done with what happened yesterday. I, I am so not done and, and I'm gonna make you sit through hours and hours and hours, but I could orate on this for hours for everything that was wrong. I want to first of all say, before I continue on with, with things that are just so absolutely wrong with this, I keep hearing people asking what went wrong. And I'm not talking about what went wrong with the, with the, we'll talk about what went wrong with the whole rebellion that happened yesterday with the rally that turned into a, I hear people blaming the police. I hear people saying, how come the Capitol police could let this happen? How could the law enforcement let this happen? Did you see the videos? Did you see the images? Did you see how many people stormed the Capitol building? How many people were pushing against doors, busting out windows? I'm sorry, but there is no way that the Capitol police are to blame. There, you get a certain number of people and it doesn't matter how many people you have on the other side of that line. Uh, if you are overwhelmed, you are overwhelmed. The only way they were able to get that crowd under control and get them out was to call in backups, to call in reinforcement. Officers that came from DC Metro, officers that came from Maryland, officers that came from Virginia, FBI agents. That is what it took to quell that rebellion. That is what it took. So when you point at DC cops, or sorry, when you point at uh, Capitol Police, and you say, well, what wrong? Somebody's gonna lose their job. I'm already hearing it. I'm already hearing people calling for people to step down and people to get fired. I'm hearing people call for investigations. You know what? There needs to be an investigation. We need to figure out how to secure our nation as a whole, not just our buildings, our government buildings, but our nation as a whole needs to be secure. There needs to be a study for that. Absolutely. There needs to be a committee. Form it now. I'm on board. But don't blame the police who are there doing their job valiantly, I would point out. 
You saw the videos. You saw them facing 10, 20, 30 to 1 odds and still standing their ground, still pushing back, still fighting to defend the Capitol building. You know what? I commend our police officers. I am so sick and tired of this defund the police and, and all the other crap that I'm hearing. I, I stand in unity with our Capitol Police. Thank you for defending our Capitol. Thank you for being heroes. And please don't be deterred. Don't be discouraged. Now, I wanna move on to a claim that honestly, I, I believe, okay, that Antifa members and BLM members were infiltrated into the crowd and were initiating and instigating what happened yesterday. Now I'm gonna start at the beginning and I'm, I'm not defending anybody that was there, okay? And I'm not gonna blame just Antifa and BLM. So, so bear with me for a minute. How many Trump rallies have we seen that turned into violence? How many? Not one whether it was Trump holding the rally or people who gathered in Washington, DC for a Trump-centered or centric event, not one of them turned into violence. Uh, we had one, I believe, one event in DC where later in the evening, Antifa and BLM members uh, picked some fights with some Trump supporters at restaurants while in DC, but never has a rally gotten unruly never has a rally turned into something else, never has it turned into a riot as far as a Trump rally is concerned. Do BLM uh, meetings and do Antifa meetings, do they turn into riots? Absolutely they do, pretty much every time. And I'm sorry, but that's just that's just the way I see it. I'm calling it the way I see it. This is, this is a reality-based show. This is common sense. If it looks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, it's a duck. And what I'm seeing is more often than not, when BLM leaders and Antifa and Marxist and socialist organizers get up and rile up a crowd, they don't just go home. At yesterday's rally, I was watching it. I saw people walking around with ropes over their shoulder, with backpacks, with two by fours, with elbow pads and knee pads with helmets, I have never seen ever, in all the times I've watched all the Trump rallies I've ever seen, I've never seen people show up with that kind of gear. I said to myself, "What's what's going on? This this isn't right. Those those aren't normal." I even noticed that some of the cameramen probably thought the same thing because I noticed them zooming in on some of these different individuals specifically. You know, I'm not the only person who noticed this. Uh, and maybe I noticed it because the camera people were zooming in on it. Were these Trump supporters? I don't know, maybe we'll find out. We saw pictures, side-by-side -side comparison pictures of known Antifa and BLM instigators with people who were inside of the Capitol building. We saw pictures from the Capitol building. We saw their pictures at BLM riots. We saw their pictures at Antifa riots. We saw their pictures at unrest in Arizona and Portland and other areas. So we know that there were BLM and Antifa instigators there. But guess what? The woman who died, Ashley Babbitt, I think it was, she is a self-proclaimed and anybody who knows her would tell you the same. 
Trump supporter, avid Trump supporter. She wasn't Antifa. She wasn't BLM. She was a Trump supporter. Did she get caught up in what was going on yesterday? Absolutely. That, I don't mean to be cold and harsh. I'm sorry she's dead. I'm sorry she paid for that action with her life. But she should have known better. This is everything, goes against everything that Trump supporters say they believe in. This defies everything that Trump supporters say they stand for. They didn't respect the police. They didn't respect property. They didn't respect law and order. They didn't respect government. Yes, Antifa and BLM members may have been the ones pushing down the door and breaking the windows, but Trump supporters followed them in. They followed their lead. And that is what Antifa and BLM do. And we know that. We know that. If they weren't, and I'm sorry, if they weren't smart enough to see that, if they weren't capable of seeing that, and they let themselves get caught up in that, and that's on them. I remember one thing I learned clearly as a child, don't be in the wrong place at the wrong time and make sure that you're not in the wrong place in case it turns into the wrong time. At very least, the people who participated are guilty by association. They, worst case scenario, like Ashley Babbitt and three or four other people lost their lives as a result of it because they did not apply common sense. They did not apply logic. They did not remember their values and what they stood for. And they paid for it with their life. Some of them are gonna pay for it with jail time. There's people who are arrested. Some of them are gonna pay for it by not being able to get a job. I heard an attorney has already been, uh, already been fired from his law firm and, and, and I'm sure there will be more to come. Are these prices worth paying? Yeah, I, I hear you. I'm a patriot. I'm going to defend our country. Is this how we do it? I'm going to have more in a minute. We got to take a break. All right, and we're back. And in this final segment, I'm going to try and wrap it up as best I can. Like I said, I've got just so much to say, and I know we're going over already. Uh, fortunately, uh, I'm able to do that. What we saw yesterday was an absolute disgrace. It was a disgrace as a nation, as Americans. What I was saying just before we went on break is a lot of people, they're defending what happened yesterday. They're saying, this is what happens when you get pushed. This is what happens when, when we're told we're gonna do this. This is what happens when we're facing socialism. We're taking our country back. Okay, there's a time and a place for that. Yesterday was not it. You don't start trying to ignite a civil war. We need to do things the right way. We have two more years before we can hopefully take back both the Congress and the Senate. Yeah, right now, you know what? To add insult to injury for conservatives yesterday, we lost the race in Georgia. Georgia went to two Democratic senators, two candidates that were Democrats. Very, very liberal, very, very extreme 
candidates from Georgia. Add insult to injury from yesterday. That means all three houses, all three houses are controlled by Democrats. What's that gonna mean for our future as a country? I don't know, we're gonna have to see. But you can't assume right now that it means the worst. You can't assume based upon a fear of something that may or may not happen that you need to take action right now. The action we needed to take was a long time ago and we didn't do it. We should have stood up and fought what was going on when they were trying to change the election rules. They didn't happen. That's, that's when we should have gone to court. And a couple of court cases happened, but not enough. We can go back even further. As parents, we're responsible for instilling values and ethics and education into our children. If you let your children go to public school and you didn't spend time with them sharing these values and, and instilling these values into them, these morals, these ethics, then you failed. I'm sorry, you failed your children. Our children are the voters of the future. For many of us, our children are the voters of right now. I have two sons, both of them are over legal voting age. Both of them have been able to vote in the last two elections. One of them was able to vote for a number of elections. We can go back even further. What didn't we stand up against in past administrations? What didn't we push hard enough against in past administrations? What did we as conservatives accept and not say, hey, wait a minute, this is a process. Where we are right now, this didn't happen overnight. If, if you've been paying attention, if you've been in this country for more than a decade, especially a couple of decades, in my case, more than a couple of decades, you may not have recognized it when it was happening. Most of us didn't. But looking back, and not even looking back from today, looking back from five years ago, 10 years ago, we can see a progression. We can see where things have been pushed and pushed and pushed. And you know what? I'm not even gonna blame the left because we have let ourselves as a nation, both of us, left, right, middle, there is no middle, I'll say, libertarian, independent, undecided. We've let ourselves get pushed to extremes. We used to be a nation that would lean left, would lean right, but for the most part, we we're right down the middle. I've actually put numbers together and I'll, I'll bring that graphic sometime. I just, today, I, I, still in shock, as you can tell from the way we're doing the show today. If you look at American voters 15, 20 years ago, on 
a graph. The graph looks kind of like this. There's a red side and a blue side. And this side is very small and it humps in the middle where we come together. Blue and red, we come together in the middle. This was us 10, 15 years ago. This is us now. This, this peak in, in the middle, very, very small. Big giant red peaks, big giant blue peaks. We've been pushed. We've been divided. Who did this? Politicians did it. Our presidents did it. But you know what? We let them do it. We did not take an active enough role in our government, in our future, in our best interest. We let it happen. We allowed people to govern us that did not have our best interest at heart. We allowed people to govern us that chose to push agendas that divided us that pushed us to the extreme left, to the extreme right. And you can look at it, the last two presidents, and we can go back further, but just in our short-term memory, last two presidents that we have had, both pushed agendas, both pushed executive orders that pushed hard against the other side. Both presidents talk smack about both sides, talk smack about the other side. Neither president did anything to bring this country together. Biden says he wants to bring this country together, but he's not. He's, he's blaming the previous administration. He's letting his party blame Trump, blame the voters who voted for Trump. I don't know if you know this, but 46.9% of America in the popular vote voted for Trump in 2020. 51.2% of America voted for Biden. And that's if we believe in the numbers. That's if, if we're going to believe the numbers as, as fact from the election. If we believe those numbers, half of the country supported Donald Trump supported his policies, supported what he stood for, supported what he stood against. But you know what? I get it. Half of the country also stood against it. Biden coming in, doing business as usual, just like things were in the Obama administration, uh, announcing super progressive, super liberal policies and agendas and giving ear to extremists in Congress and Senate, that's not bringing us together. That's not allaying our fears. What happened yesterday, as horrible as it was, and as wrong as it was, needs to be a wake-up call for America. It needs to be a wake-up call for us. It needs to be a wake-up call for Biden. It needs to be a wake-up call for both parties. It needs to be a wake-up call for every single person living in a democratic society. I hate to say it, but based upon the rhetoric that I've heard today from Biden, from Muriel Bowser, from other Democratic candidates, they don't get it. They don't get it. I'm sorry. I'll tell you what. 
I'm willing to come together if you're going to meet me in the middle. If you will meet me in the middle, that is coming together. If you're coming from here and I'm coming from here and you say you want to come together, don't make me come to here. This is not coming together. This is coming together. This is coming together in the middle. Okay. Not here, not right. Coming together is not me coming to your side, you coming to my side. I'm not going to convert and I don't expect you to convert. I want us to meet back in the middle. That's where we belong as a nation. That is what made us great as a nation. That is what made us countrymen. That is what made us partners in democracy. That is what made America, America. Not what we have now. We, we have a nation of enemies that call each other Americans. And it's, it's reprehensible and it's embarrassing. I wish I could do 10 shows right now because I've got so much to say, but we've come way over our time limit. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining me. I will be back tomorrow. We'll have more to talk about. We always do. And uh, I want you to keep these things in mind. And I want you to remember that you are in control. You decide what happens in your life. And believe it or not, you have a say in what happens in life in general. And if you're not out there trying to make a difference, if you're not out there trying to make a change, a positive change, okay, not a negative change like what happened yesterday. If you're not out trying to initiate positive change in the right direction, then, then you're just as guilty as the people who, who have torn down this country. It is our responsibility to get out. It is our responsibility to do something. I hope you'll do that. Thank you for joining me. Have a great day.